Blog Talk Radio. on live y'all know the vibes man it's the psa boys in the building watch what's cracking my guy salute my g what's good you know the vibes already man we here to revisit hip-hop albums that's what we do you know what i mean we're going to 1998 we're going to atl we're going to outcast now before we get into the meats and potatoes of this sir you and I both know what Outcast said at the Source Awards. The South has something to say in the midst of all the East Coast, West Coast hoopla in hip hop. Um, we also know they had a song called Benz and Beamer on the New Jersey soundtrack. So it's safe to say that obviously, you know, we knew about Scarface, UGK, and them was out here, but Outcast was big for the South. And you and I watched Outcast's crime, sir, have we not? And for, the young, for the younger people who just don't understand the impact of Outkast in the 90s, um, because the South ATL is such a hot spot for hip-hop, when you think of Gucci, Jeezy, T.I., big-time rappers who, who, who defined the, uh, the early 2000s, right? Luda, Future. And, and then going into modern times where you have Future, but before all of them, there was Outkast, Andre and Big Boy, who, in what I considered the greatest decade of hip-hop, which was the 90s, they, to me personally, I thought they defined ATL hip-hop that translated worldwide. And something you and I spoke about during the Outcast appreciation for these, because you spoke about the '90s a second ago, these brothers had three records in the '90s that were actually all fire. You know what I mean? Um, we're going to talk about a Clemenite now. Um, one of my favorite Outcast albums. I love Southern playlistic Cadillac music. I love AT Aliens, but I really love a Clemenite. Um, let's get to the first song. Why it's Return? Of a G, I think this beat is hard. Niggas always be hollering, "Peace, my brother. Peace is peace." That every time I try to get a piece of mine, they try to get a piece of my mind. On fifty thousand, ladies and gentlemen, had rhyme of the month for Return of the G in the Source Magazine Awards. They be steady clapping when you be talking about bitches and switches to hoes to clothes to weed. Let's talk about time traveling, rhyme jabbling, something mind unraveling. Them niggas that got them kids that got enough to buy an ounce, but not enough to bounce them kids to the park. So they go up in the dark, end up being like this sorry ass, robbing niggas in broad daylight. Yo, Andre 3000 lyrics on here is just phenomenal, man. Big boy, what's up, Andre? Is he in, in a coat? Is he on drugs? Is he gay? What's y'all going to break up? What y'all going to wake up? Nigga, I'm feeling better than ever. What's wrong with you? You get down. Yo, I love the rhyming that Three Stacks does on here, man. Um, Big Boy's verse, man. A nigga don't want no trouble. A player just want to kick back, 
my gators and watch my little girl blow bubbles. Wow. One of the best songs, man. I love this song. Watch. Talk to me, man. It's a very hard song. Uh, one of the things that I think this album does brilliantly, that the first song on the album shows how dead nice both Big Boy and Andre 3000 are, and the last song on this album closes it out the same exact way, highlighting that this all the creativity we have, all the showmanship we have, at the end of the day, we are dead nice MCs. This, like you said, source of the month, uh, Three Stacks set it off addressing the criticism, which you said the lyrics to. And let me just say this, man. I'm going to question everybody who talks, any has anything negative to say about Big Boy at, at all. I just can't. Like, every time uh, Andre 3000 leaves Earth, leaves Earth with a verse, Big Boy is not that far behind with his verse. Like, at all. So one thing this album does, reliving it, is highlights that, man, all these hip-hop lists that have Andre 3000 in, in the top five and Big Boy in the 40s, it's like, man, was the gap really that wide? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. You know what I mean? Um, next song, my G, Rosa Parks. This was a single off of Quemini. I like the hook. I think the hook is very dope. Everybody moves to the back of the bus. Obviously, Rosa Parks, you say that in the hook and everything. This beat makes your body just move. A very funky beat, in my opinion. Um, Big Boy sets this off. Total chaos for these players. Thought we was absent. We taking another route to represent the Dungeon Family Day. Me and my nigga decided to take the back way. We stabbing every city. Then we headed to the Batcave, ATL Georgia. What do we do for you? And then I thought three stacks went off. And I know why you say, you know, I'm not trying to play big boy at all, man. But three stacks, man. I'm at a gypsy, and she hit me to survive life game to stimulate and activate the left and right brain. Said, baby boy, you only funky as your last cut. You focus on the past, your ass with your ass what? Like, I, yo, dog, I love this song, man. I got these brothers two for two, back to back. With fire songs, my G. So, um, like you said, this was their first video. Um, shout out to Big Boy in the video. You were wearing your New York Mets jacket and color scheme, which is the orange, orange and blue. Shout out to you for that, Big Boy, for saluting the Mets. Um, you're right. Three thousand MVP this. Yes. But this is a very, very dope song. I thought this was a great lead-off single. Um, yeah, I thought this was a great lead-off single. And the thing is, uh, this is a, when this video came out, it was in the era where videos were very colorful. So mm -hmm. they basically highlighted everything you love about Atlanta, marching band, just, just, just everything. They were very creative. I could see why people say they were like the evolution of, of tribe in terms of what they brought to hip hop. But uh, like you said, three stacks the clear MVP of the song. Um next song watch Screw It on the Bobby featuring Raekwon the Chef. Now when I saw the track listing for this album when I bought this back in the eighty, I was like, Wow, Ray's on here. Then I remember seeing them on M T V I wanna say and they were talking about Raekwon and the way they spoke about Ray and the Wu itself, I was just like, wow, amazed how much love 
they have for the woo. But then again, I'm not surprised, though, man. You know what I mean? Um, the hook on here is so dope. Old school plays and new school fools. Cats keep each other like kangaroos. We're schooled on the barbie. I love this song, man. Um, Three Stacks sets this off lovely, man. The common denominator, the nigga numerator. Never knew who the hater. Niggas catered to your ego. I'm sorry like Atari's cousin is Coleco. Atari and Coleco. That's me and Watson's pastime of video games. Um, I thought Raekwon dropped a very dope verse. Hydro, slide, raw, like fuck Ronaldo, fly, ride through shit, looking wild, dope, then glide, Joe, flip the page. I go watch Rivo, jump on my beat, ride, go. Like, Ray was wilding with the wordplay on here, man. Um, I thought Big Boy also had a dope verse. I got to hit the source. I need my other half because the Southern playlistic Cadillac was a classic <clears throat> for his mic from the source, man. Uh, talk to me while I screw it on the Barbie. You know, usually when people get to a commercial space, and by this by this third album, Outkast were basically one of the biggest hip-hop groups in the world. They were that big a group. And um, I used to always see this video being played. And what I liked about it is, to me, that it, it captured the essence of hip-hop. Just the, in, a, in, a, in a small venue, but it's packed, and the crowd just hype off of three dope MCs. You know, I didn't even know Raekwon knew them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know they was at the source of with the Wu, but I don't know, like, when did the politicking happen? You know what I'm saying? I would like to know mm-hmm. that back for you, how that happened. And uh, it was just uh, Andre, uh, you know, Sax set it off with the five verse. Then Lex Diamonds drops the second verse. Then Big Boy splits the third. You know, this is this was a dope-ass song. Um, next song, King, I had a Quemini. The name of this album is Quemini. And the song coming out, man, I love this beat. One of my favorite Outkast songs, Outkast songs of all time. Um, Big Boy sets this off. Now is the time to get on. Like Spike Lee said, get on the bus. Go get your work and keep your beat for chirping. It's a must. Is you on that dust? We say you on that dust or cornstarch, familiar with the Smack Man. The music is like that green stuff produced to you by Smack Man. Like Big Boy set this off real lovely, in my opinion, man. And listen, man, once again, I hate to go here, but I thought Andre 3000 dropped a five-mic verse on his track, my guy. Um, Twice upon a time, there was a boy who died and lived happily ever after, but that's another chapter. Live from home of the Braves with Dirty Dollars, Beauty Parlors, Baby Ballers. Like, these stack storytelling to me is underrated, man. My question is, every nigga with the dreads for the cause, is every nigga with the goals for the fall. Like, I just love this song a lot, man. I know Big Boy spit another verse, but Three Stacks had ended up spitting another verse, and I love his last verse on here. My mind walks and bends, floats the wind, caught the ten, meet the twin, Andre Ben, welcome to the lion's den, original skin, many men comprehend. I extend myself, so you go get, tell a friend. Ah, I thought this song was very dope, man. Aquamanai, my guy, talk to me. So this is one of the songs where they both spit two verses of fire. Uh, what are we saying about Stax on his hook game? Because he also did the hook for this song. How do you rate his hook for this song? I got to rate him high on any hooks that he did on this particular project. Any hook that he was on, I thought Three Stacks killed it. You know what I mean? Yeah, this was, a, uh, this was an absolute dope song. Now, here's another question I'd like to ask you. 
they got a lot of production credit on on this album. Mm-hmm. It's a, a lot. produced by Outkast. Mm-hmm. Are we shortchanging them when they're in the lab? Because we we you know how we give a lot of credit to uh, artists who produce their own music, Always. and they produced a lot of this album. So we're going to give them their flowers for their production also. Listen, just like we give it to 38 Spash, when she knew I started doing her own beats, Roy started doing his own beats, even though Cassidy's beats is trash, but those people are still making dope beats and making dope music. So, yes, I have, we have to salute Outkast on the production tip on this Equimini project. We have to. Have to. You know what I mean? Uh, next song, my guy, Synthesizer, featuring George Clinton, um, beat is very funky. Big boy sets this off. I refuse to play, so I'm gonna speak that southern good shit. The harder than your hood shit, like the little shit. Um, big boy with a solid ver- verse, but this is three stacks again, man. Synthesizer, microwave, give me a drug so I can make a seven babies. Pump my breast up, can you suck the fat up? Please make my life appeal. Life ain't no such thing as bad luck. My nose ain't right. Like, I need a new one. Just take your pick, a yellow, red, a black, or blue one. Like, this song kind of reminds me of Complexion on Kendrick Lamar's um, Pimple Butterfly. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. The more I listen to this project, Kendrick Lamar is very, and I mean very, influenced by Andre 3000. I got to make sure I throw it out there, man. But talk to me, watch Synthesizer, man. I thought I thought a uh, big boy body the first verse. I thought George Clinton did his spoken word for the second verse. You know, you guys remember when the last poets were on uh, Common's album and they were talking. You know, a lot of people call that the original form of hip hop, spoken word over beats. Uh, that's what George Clinton did on this. And then I thought uh, three stacks used an ill flow. Like, the sound chamber he used to rap this last verse was very ill to me. So another dope song. All right. Uh, let's say my guy, Slump. I think that was um, back, was it back in the beginning of the song. Uh, the big boy came on. Because um, in a real world, you're surrounded by these ladies and gents who hang around because you're buying them all the weed, all the chicken. Like, I love big boys flow and delivery on this track, man. Um, cool Breeze had a second verse. Three Stacks was not on this particular song, so MVP, obviously, obviously to me, would be big boy on this track, man. Uh, I strongly agree. Uh, what do you think about the hook? Hootie who? What did you, what did you think about? Yeah, what, what did you think about that? Because that that was being played throughout the whole song. Like you constantly heard that. So what was your thoughts on that, on how they incorporated that with the rhyming? Something Outkast has always done on a lot of journeys that who do you think? I think that's a 90s ATL lingo, I, I, I want to say. So yeah, I rock with it, man. That's their lingo. You know what I mean? Um, Next joint, my guy, Wes Savannah. Um, Big Boy solo joint, Big Boy verse. I liked a lot. One of my favorite Big Boy verses on Equimini introspective by Big Boy. Um, talked about, you know, his mom's having him as a teenager, being on food stamps, you know, speaking on the hood of West Savannah, that's in Atlanta, that's in Georgia, pardon me. The hook is very kind of pippish to me. Um, see niggas in the South with goatees and gold chains, been doing it for years, so these niggas ain't going to change 
Yeah, I rock with West Savannah, man. Talk to me, watch. West Savannah, big boy solo joint. Big boy, big boy, introspective, autobiographical. You relate to growing up playing Sade. He says that. Uh, big boy sets this off as a fan of hip-hop. You know how people go, it's like that, Anna. It's like this, Anna. Like the way he set it off, you know he is a student of hip-hop. And another thing, Big Boy likes to remind everybody of when he was born. He wants everybody to know he was born in 1975. I don't know why, but he likes to, <laughs> he likes to highlight the year he was born. So salute to you, you're not scared to let niggas know your age and you letting yeah. you let it but but mind you, this song comes out in the nineties, so you're still in your twenties when you're saying this. So it don't you know mm-hmm. you, you don't come off as an old head, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, track nine, the art of storytelling featuring Slick Rick. I guess when you have a song called The Art of Storytelling, you're gonna grab um Slick Rick the Ruler, of course. Um this was a single also, a video for this song. Big boy flow, lyrics, wordplay is so ill to me on this song, man. Um, the storytelling by Big Boy, very solid verse, man. Um, Big Boy talking about a female um, named Susie School, because she schooled a lot. Then Three Stacks verse about, you know, Susie School's homegirl that he linked up, which is Sasha. I said, what you be? She said, a lie. I thought Slick Rick's verse was okay. In my 98, did I really want to have Slick Rick's verse? Probably not. But talk to me, watch the other storytelling. Well, being on this song, so you have Slick Rick on this album, an '80s legend. You have Raekwon on this album, a legend from the '90s. Two people who exemplify New York hip hop. George Clinton is not on. Okay. I mean, you're throwing it out there. I get it. But what, what, what you throwing it out there for? Like, you threw me off. I came with that shit, nigga. I'll go somewhere and you just threw that shit out there. <laughs> nah. I know you're throwing that out. I was trying to highlight. Yeah, I what, what I was trying to highlight is these guys were clearly fans of New York City hip-hop or I will say New York City artists, because they clearly reached out to these guys and brought them in here. Now, when you have a song called The Art of Storytelling, you get someone who's known for storytelling, which is Slick Rick. Um, you are absolutely right. Slick Rick's verse was mid. It was a mid verse. No disrespect. The classicness of it was that it was Slick Rick. So that's the classic of it. Um, Dre... Big boy, big, uh, big, they were in their storytelling bag, like you said. They're talking about Susie and Sasha. Um, I really like the hook. I like how Big Boy told his story. And I just thought uh, Three Stacks MVP this with his storytelling. Like MVP'd it. And what made Slick Rick's verse come out mid was that he went after Andre 3000. Yes. And that's how you yeah. can hear how mid it was. Because Three Stacks verse was so crazy. Then you hear Slick Rick come, you're like, okay, Slick Rick, are you gonna are you gonna keep it up? And it just it just wasn't as ill with in terms of clarity, flow and delivery as three thousand. But it's still a dope song with storytelling. And you get the nostalgia purposes of having a Slick Rick on your album like like, like think about this. This is ninety eight, right? Westside Gun in 2020 had two songs with Slick Rick on his project in 2020. So just to let you know, cats, you know, Slick Rick, 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 Slick
Lick is one of the most influential rappers of all. I agree. That's just the reality of it. Okay. Um, track 10, The Art of Storytelling, Part 2. Three Stacks set this off. He got busy, but I like Big Boy's verse a lot, man. The sky is falling. Nobody's balling. They don't gave back the guns for some tickets to the playoffs, but more. But the Hornets, they won, nigga, we slum, kept all the guns, I gotta protect my family, I drove the biggest big out. Yo, Big Boy was wilding on this track, man. So I got Big Boy as the MVP of this track, go watch. Uh, I agree with you. I thought I thought Big Boy did MVP this. I thought it was dope that they put a part two to storytelling with just them uh, going back and forth. Me and you always talk about back and forth, and I guess because people never, we've never done an outcast review, but at some point, we, we have to understand, like, are we, are, are we, what are we giving them? Is this Smith and Weston, Ghost and Ray, Jada and Styles, Red and Meth? Like, like how, why do we not talk about Big Boy and Outcast in the same vein as those other artists? I think with them, all right, let, let, if you do the knowledge to the, to the tracks, right, they have a lot of songs on their watch. That's four minutes, 50 seconds, six minutes. Seven minutes, eight minutes. I say that to say this: that they really wasn't doing the Smith and Wesson back and forth on Jaden Styles. It was like verses. You know what I mean? Like as much as we love the Mob, the Mob didn't really give us a lot of back and forths. I think on Cradle to the Grave they might have done that, but they don't really do that too much. You know what I mean? And I thought I'll catch it the same same way. You know? Okay. Um. Next joint, Mamacita. Let me set it off with this one, please. All right. I respectfully ask you. Yes. Mama Sita is what I call old school boom bap head nod music. All right. You know, because I always love female MCs rapping, I love Shorty who set it off. I just like the way she she challenged and rapped to the beat. You know, the Shorty, her name was Masada. I really enjoyed the way she came off on the beat. And once I heard the beat and the way she was coming off, I already knew this was going to be a song that I immediately gravitated to and loved. You know, uh, Dre ate the beat. Big Boy spazzed out. The other dude on there, he spazzed out. To me, this song gives me an old school head nod bop where you just listening to it and you like bob in your head listening to them eat the beat up. This is this is a, a song that I really, really, really enjoyed. Um, Shorty kinda gave me Hurricane G vibes a little bit when she's rapping. I don't know why I thought Hurricane G when she was rapping though, but that's the first person that came to my mind. She sets it off, man. She's um she had a dope verse and then Stax had a the second verse, niggas all dogs. If niggas all dogs that then why y'all call broad sea lines and heathens? Meow for some yard brown. Like, I, I like this verse a lot. I like this song a lot, man. Um, Big Boy closed it out pretty good. So this is one of your joints, man? You rock with Mama Sita Heavy? Heavy, heavy. Okay. Um, the next song, my guy, Spotty Adi Dopalicious. Damn, 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 damn. The horns on here is out of here, man. This is a light up the J, pour out some liquor, seven minutes of just vibes, stack storytelling, big boy storytelling, spoken words at the end. Man, I rock with this joint. My nigga, talk to me. Um, Sleepy Brown, uh, 
you know, the guy, part of Organizing Noise, Sleepy Brown, who collaborates with them all the time. He came out with an album with Three Stacks. Uh, they hit us with the spoken word, which was unique because rap people wasn't just straight just talking like they did. They gave us a couple of songs on here with the spoken word flow. Um, the horns were the standouts of this song. The horns were co-MVP of this song. Uh, Big Boy also ended it with his last poet spoken word flow. So I actually liked the creativity and the genius and the confidence of them to do a whole song where they're doing spoken word. Because basically that's what hip-hop is. Hip-hop is poetry. So... Mm. They say, yo, man, we rapping, and now let it, now here we're flowing, but we're doing spoken word poetry, which I respect it. All right. Uh, next track, Y'all Scared featuring Goody Mob. Um, what's an outcast album without some Dungeon Family posse cuts? Um, did, I, did I like the posse cut? It was okay. Was it Headbanger? Was it Blam, Blam, Blam? No, it wasn't, but the beat is slept on, I think, also. Oh, I think the track is I'm okay. gonna be honest with you, Hold up, I'm gonna be honest with you. When you go blam, 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 I think a lot of people don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's an acquired. I think that is an acquired underground song. So when we're talking Outcast, because Outcast is so big and so known, yes, maybe they know Headbangers, but we gotta do the we gotta do justice and like name like major posse cuts to really. Uh, was this protecting that? Or was this scenario? No, it wasn't. Okay, 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 but but you got to say a song. You got to say, uh, but here's the thing. I don't know how people take this song because to some people it, it might be that. Like, I don't know if they feel that way. Like, Headbangers means that to us because we like K-Solo and Redman, right? Right. And it's a dope song. How do we know people who like Goody Mob and Outkast getting on the track together? They don't feel the same way about this. See, I don't you know, know that. That's what I'm saying. I like Goody Mob and, and Outkast collaborations, of course, Dungeon Family um, and everything, but I didn't particularly like this this collaboration of them together. So I felt that uh, Three Stacks had the MVP verse. I thought it was followed by Big Boy. Uh-huh. And once again, Big Boy lets you and everybody else know I was born in 1975. I really <laughs> like when he says that. I, I don't know why. But every time he said that, I was like, yo, you really don't hear rappers. You know, Biggie says 1970-something, nigga, I don't sweat to date. You know, Hope named the song December 4th, but he don't say it was 1969. You know, so rappers, so it, it was really dope for me to hear Big Boy be like, yo, 1975. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, next joint, Nathaniel. Um, I guess this is a brother from the jail facilities. Um, Nathaniel rapping from the joint. Uh, we've seen this before in hip-hop. Hell's done it before. Tony Yale's done it before. Um, yeah, man. That's all I got for Nathaniel. Just a snippet of a brother from jail. That was his boy from jail rapping. You said Hell did it. Uh uh, Tony Yayo did it. You know who else did it from jail? And it was trash. Bobby Smurda also. Bobby Smurda. Bobby Smurda also rapped for jail on a project, and it was a horrible flow and a horrible voice. But I think but, Sean Poe did uh, But yeah, Sean Poe also did it. But uh, this was dope. You know what I'm saying? They gave their man light. They was like, "Yo, spit your bars over the phone, man. We gonna put on the album," and they did that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm locked up in the, in the joint, and my man is telling me, "Yo, fam, 
spit a 16 right quick for the hour, nigga. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to spit, nigga. I'm in jail, nigga. I want to get the fuck up out of here. I mean, man, it is. Okay, that's a, that's, that's a strange take because we just highlighted how many rappers have done it. I and know, they all, And they all enthusiastically did it. I think for me, I don't know if I'll be enthusiastic to fucking spit bars when I'm locked up. I know how real, like I said, we've seen it before. Um, next song, Liberation, featuring CeeLo, Big Robe, and Erica Badu. Um, talking to black folks, this is like a Negro spiritual, so to speak. You can hear CeeLo on this. He really stood out to me. Um, a social conscious song, so I can go there with it. Very deep song. This Badu sounding real nice. This song is eight minutes and forty six seconds, my nigga. Jesus Christ! Uh, talk to me, watch liberation, man. So, what's, what what is the glaring thing about this song? First of all, you realize it's a song where there's singing, and once again, it's another song with spoken word. Is Stax and Big Boy even on this song? Um, you don't really get a feel from them on here at all. It's like they they let CeeLo, Big Robe, and Eric right. Badu just ride out. Right, and then and they let the spoken word ride out. So to me, that was another thing of just they're in the studio, and the artists that they were collaborating with, they was like, yo, rock out. Like, here's your song. Rock out on this. We're giving y'all this. The same way um, the genius gave Killer Priest basic instinction before leaving Earth. It was like, yeah, hey, here's your song. Or the same way that... um. Benny Siegel allowed Jay-Z to put uh, anything on his album. You know what I'm saying? You know when you give a song to your mans in them? That's mm-hmm. that's that's something that happens. So that's Liberation. Mm-hmm. Uh, next song, Chunky Fire. Yeah. One of my favorite songs on this project. Very soulful, rock and roll kind of feel. Um, three stacks, the hook, man. We reign, reign, supreme, bring, dungeon, dungeon, king. Do you know what bring rats, mites, snakes up? Oh, like, I love this song a lot, man. When I first heard this, got this album, always stayed in rotation. I do think Big Boy was the MVP of this song. Some of y'all MCs take this rhyming for granted. I won't comply with that slacking, popping, and cracking fourth wall where we snap it. I love this song a lot, man. Talk to me, watch. Uh, at the beginning of our review of this album, I said that um, what's so dope is the first song, Return of a G, it shows them getting busy, right, where Andre goes first, and then Big Boy goes second, spitting a five verse. They end the album the same exact way, with a super ill song where Andre goes first, and then it's followed by Big Boy. Um the guitar string set it off. You clearly hear the guitar before. The first thing you hear is the guitar. And I think this is the perfect song that highlights how dead nice Outcast is. Oh. All right, watch. Well, I'm going here with it. I got this as a four and a half my project. Um, I love the fact that these brothers are rapping. Um, I like the fact also the beats are totally different to other sounds that we've heard. Obviously, I thought these guys were in a prime by their third album, and they could not miss, and this is my favorite Outkast album by far, so I have this album as a four and a half mic project. I have this album as a strong, strong four mic, uh, and 
I have no issue with you giving it four and a half. I have no issue with people saying this is the greatest uh, Outkast album at all. That's what it is, man. Shout out to Outkast, Criminal, and all that, man. All right, Watts, we're going on Yonkers, man. Y-O, home of the L-O-X, home of DMX, R-I-P DMX, home of John John the Don. But I'm going here, man, one of my favorite female artists of all time. To say that I love this woman is an understatement. To say that girls on my block in the streets of New York City was not Pumping this girl while braiding niggas' hair outside is an understatement. From this lady right here doing mad collaboration with hip-hop artists is an understatement. From your girl being mad at you at the crib and she's singing this lady's songs and giving you subliminal messages through the bars, okay? I say Mary J. Blige, my nigga. You say what, King? Mary J. Blige is the queen of R&B and hip-hop soul. Mary J. Blige is someone who, if you want to call the most important person to innovate the marriage of hip-hop and R&B, making it one sound, making it a necessity, making it the fact that before Mary, everybody wasn't doing rap songs with R&B songs. They were being separate. Once Mary got into that bag where she came out of the hip-hop generation, she came from the influence of Salt and Pepper, but she was a singer. So she grew up loving both at the same time and basically said, I can do both. I can sing with my soul, and I can, and I can collaborate with hip-hop. And what Mary did was become absolute, undisputed queen of hip-hop soul. I totally agree with that, King. Like I said, man, and what's ill about her, man, is that she would do something that our guy 50 Cent would do a lot, that she would take old songs, right? And if he was not in the know, you would think that's Mary's song, but it's not Mary's song. It's somebody else's song, but she would throw a twist on it and make it sound so dope, my nigga. You know what I mean? Do we give Mary credit? for doing songs with Hov, Nas, and Big in the 90s, my nigga. How big is that? Well, at the time, you don't look at it that way because it meant more to me that when I first heard it, she was doing songs with Busta Rhymes, C.O. Smooth, and Grand Pooba. So before Big Nas and Jay, that's who I heard her doing collaborations with, and that meant a lot to me. So I don't even think it in terms of, oh, when you look on it back now. No, 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 I, I don't look at it that way. I look at it as, yo, Buster's here, Grand Poover's here, CL Smooth's here. Biggie was here, but Biggie was unknown at the time when he was on the What's the Fool, when he was on the Real Love Arena. You know what I'm saying? Um, and let's just talk about a song like Real Love, just to explain it. No song really captures. No song really captures how she basically bonded hip hop and R and B. Real Love has the top bill and B, which is one of the all time great five Mike Smithsonian songs in hip hop. Top billing, Milk and Giz. You know when Fifty did the song I Get Money, and he was sampling Milk and Giz's 
voice. I get money. I get money. Well, Mary did that way before that with the beat. So Real Love is one of the monumental. It may not be this all-time selling song, but for hip-hop people who also love soul, Real Love is one of the most important songs of the 90s based on what it what, because it was the, the like the foundation. It was a pioneering song of how R&B would sound to, to, to today, basically. Mind you, right. this is almost 30 years ago. So this is not like it's yesterday. This is like 30 years ago. And listen, man. you know that Real Love video meant everything to us. It meant everything to us. Everything. That's a fact. Well, how much do we got to give Puff his props for having, being the one that spared him every year? He's the one, you know what I mean? When she was an uptown with Andre Harrell and these niggas and everything. So, so, just so, so, right? just say, so come on, come on. You said Puff before Andre Harrell. You got to say Andre Harrell first. Yeah, Andre, 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 Andre Harrell is the one who put her on. And then right. through him, and when she got on Uptown Records, she began working with Diddy. So I just want to definitely highlight that. Oh, we got to highlight Uptown Records, though. The roster they had was Jodeci. It was like Heavy D was there for a little bit, I think. Father and C. Got a bunch of people over there. Christopher Williams, I think, was over there. Had a bunch of niggas over there, man. You know what I mean? Um, when do you remember, besides What's the Four and One, what do you remember was one of the first songs you heard from Mary in the hip-hop hip hop type of sound that stood out to you? Well, she was on the soundtrack that Haley Berry had done this movie. I forget what the name movie was, but Grand Poopoo was also on that soundtrack, and he had a song called Over Like a Fat Rat. But Mary had a solo song on that soundtrack, and I bought that soundtrack. So I knew about her. Like, before she was coming out, I had known about her. But in terms of this album, the What's the 411 album, which came out in 92, which was which was 29 years ago. So that that was when I first started hearing her be the this something that I'd never seen in the R&B uh, album before. You know, if you get a Whitney album, a Mariah Carey album, or a Janet album, before 1992, there is no hip-hop influence on there, none whatsoever, okay? Mary comes out with this album, and it feels hip-hop what she's singing. So that immediately, you buy it, and you're just loving it. And then no, because... You know what's funny though? On a real love video, she's rocking the X. They rocking X hat. They rocking the X. Remember we used to rock the X hats? They rocking the Malcolm yeah. X jersey and everything like that. Like that was that meant something to me because those names you said, Janet, Mariah, Whitney, with all the respect to those sisters, and I love their music, they really wasn't rocking shit like that. It wasn't rocking bamboo earrings and all that like LL was talking about. You know what I mean? Well, the thing is, if you ever hear us. If you ever hear, well, see, Mary was from hip-hop. Mary is hip-hop. That's the difference. It's not a different twist. Mary is hip-hop. Like she said, I blinded my hair because of salt and pepper. So that's the thing people are not understanding. Mary J. Blige is 100% hip-hop, but she was a soul singer who sang soul. Well, she loved hip-hop. So they did not say, okay, Mary, you can sing, so we're going to do what Clive Davis did with Jennifer Hudson and try to make right. another Whitney Houston. And the ever went, no, 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 no. And this is what makes Mary so, Mary's first album so Five pioneering. Mike. This is what makes it so pioneering, right, And five, because it's the pioneering album of what is now modern day. This is R&B. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That's Let's be clear. Oh, well, let's be let's be real. Well, before Rihanna, Mike, 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 wait, wait, wait. 
Well, I'm going to acknowledge and admit Mike did have Heavy D on his album in 1991 before this album came out on Jam. And he had Chris Cross in the video. So we know Mike fucked with hip hop. So I just want to acknowledge that. But in terms of what solo uh, R&B singers were doing, like nobody on the face was trying to come out doing this. They had Toni Braxton just straight up sing her songs. You know, think about it. Mary J. Blige is someone who's influenced by Anita Baker, Whitney Houston, loved them. But she was a hip-hop head, like a hardcore hip-hop head. So they were... so they were easily able to make to 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 make her be like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna merge your love of hip hop with hip hop beats with MCs, but you can still sing your soul, which is why she created the Five Mike Smithsonian album with the Four One One. I love real life, real love. You you remind me, sweet thing. Now remember, now sweet thing is not her song, and she just made it sound like it's her shit. You feel me? Love No Limit, the song with Casey, I Don't Want to Do Anything, Slow Down, My Love. Yo, my nigga, this is a certified classic. I don't know anybody in my, anybody that I knew that didn't have this album, men and women. Let me be clear that men and women, not just the shorties, niggas had this. I bought this album. I went to the store and caught Mary's What's Her Phone One project and loved it and played it like it was nothing. Love Mary's first album, I do. Love it, love it, love it bad. You know what I mean? Um, can we talk about, like I said, our collaboration joints, though, with hip-hop artists, man? I think that's going to... Is that her legacy when we talk about R&B hip-hop when it comes to Mary? The fact that she's worked with so many big dogs in hip-hop in their prime? It's why... It's why Mary J. Blige is going to go down as... Well, for example, let's take a song like Be Happy, right? On the second album of my life. Okay. What a a soulful song, right? It's a completely soulful song. How can I love somebody else? And then the beat is all soulful, right? But then they remixed it and put Keith Murray on there when Keith Murray was one of the hottest rappers on the street. And you know how crazy that was to the streets? Like, this is where you could just see Mary and hip-hop was one and the same. I know people want to try to act like it wasn't, but it was. And she was in tune. Whatever's popping in hip-hop, especially from New York City, I don't say East Coast hip-hop because I don't know what East Coast hip-hop means. New York City artists, she collaborated with them and made magic. But we should all accept something. The remix of they reminisce on you with Seal Smooth was fire. Yes. Well, I'm going to go ahead with it. Smith for Weston's song on Mary J. Blige, I love you. That shit was crazy. Slipper Wesson, yo, mixtape DJs had their own fucking crew had that on this shit. Run um, SNS. You said like niggas was playing at Mary. Was Mary the first female R and B artist? That about to play this mixtape, my nigga. Early in the nineties, cause she was on mixtapes. Oh, yeah, she's on. She's on Von G shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I know, I know. Um. So one of the things people talk about is Mary J. Blige's first three albums out the gate. Um, They're they're iconic. They are, uh, like, when we get to fucking, when we get to the Share My Ward album, and she has the Nas collaboration, the Little Kim collaboration, the Locks collaboration. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't capture hip hop. And let me tell you right now, now for the five, my first on there, 
Not for the five yeah. like this on there. Lil Kim used the Britney flow on her collaboration. Um, so if you like you said earlier, if you want to take away now take away the hip hop from Mary, and we just go to Mary J. Blige as a soul singer. You said it best. Mary J. Blige could take songs that were done before and make it sound like her own. Not only mm-hmm. do it, but she's doing a song over and makes them hit. She redefines them for a new generation. Like you said, sweetest thing. So here's the thing. She's taking five mic songs, too. Yep. These are not easy songs to do. Shaka Khan song. is a legendary mm-hmm. soul singer. Mm-hmm. So when you're taking something that's already a five mic song, and then you making it another five mic song but putting your spin on it, that's soul. So Mary has soul in her. You know what I'm saying? But she was, let me ask you, I don't think she's revered to the crossover appeal like Janet and Mariah did, though. And no, I don't even know Mary cared about that. And they, I don't even think Mary cared about that shit. About Mary that? did care. Mary did care, and I'll tell you why. I'm going to tell you why, because Mary said she cared in the interview. She said, the first 15 years of my career, Oprah Winfrey wouldn't fuck with me. She said, Oprah Winfrey thought I was just some ghetto hood rat bitch. And the reason why Mary said that is because Mary's connection with hip-hop was one and the same. So anytime Oprah see Mary, she see Mary with rappers. So Oprah, who hates hip-hop and tried to Eurostep hip-hop for 20 years, yeah, never met right. Mary. And that is right. what made Mary not. See, Mary wasn't Whitney Houston and Anita Baker and Tony Braxton. Yeah. They didn't, she was not marketed as that. She was marketed as the queen of hip-hop soul. So that is why she couldn't just immediately go into Celine Dion territory. She just couldn't. Because they made her like remember, the LL Cool J around the way girl type shit. You know what I'm saying? That's how remember, you know, that's, that's what she was. Maybe. That's what she was. And, and remember, mm-hmm. she was she was a singing version of Salt and Pepper, a right. singing yep. version of it. So that is why and you know, know it's years. I don't niggas say you say that, but that's that's some real talk right there. She they, she definitely was a singing version of Salt and Pepper. That's very way to I don't that's very way to put that together is very ill because. I do agree with that. She was definitely a singing version of Salt and Pepper. I think Mary and, and Lauren might have been the two that really finessed those those two avenues right there. You know what I mean? One of Jay Z's most important collaborations on well, we'll talk about two Mary collaborations, right? Let's talk about two of them. Can I still hustle with Jay Z? Very that. important for Jay Z's career. Very and let's talk about that collaboration with Starks, Tony Starks. What did you think about Mary's uh, vocal contribution to, with Tony Starks? I'm gonna go ahead, man. I got all I first of all, I got all I got is you over um Kenneth Hustle. I, I just do as much as I love whole. Mary on all I got is you. First of all, the truth be told, was it the Keith on this first, but it, it, they took the Keith out and threw Mary in there, right? Wasn't that the story? Yes, yes, yes. Keith, the baby girl. No disrespect to you, Queen, but they had to do this though. Mary's vocals on All I Got Is You, it just made a marriage, man. Hold on, my nigga. Mary on All I Needed with Method Man. We're not even talking about Mary and Meth. My nigga, me and you was outside with All I Need. Dogs. Was that one of the biggest songs in 94, my nigga? Before we even go to Ghost. That's, I think that's the biggest hip-hop collaboration Mary had. I'm going to record and say, I'm sorry. I love All I Got Is You. Shout out to Panic the Hustle, but man, all I need with Meth Watts, 
My nigga, me so all, I, all, all I need with Mary J. Blige and Meth actually had crossover appeal because the song's yeah. undeniable. First of all, first of all, um, it was it was put to, it wasn't on the original album of Takal. It was uh, it was put together by the sister by the name of Drew Dixon, who worked for Def Jam at the time, and she was running between Puff Daddy and Dariza. And she was like, yo, I'm trying to get a remix for this. I'm trying to put a video out. Meth was against it. But when Mary sang the Marvin Gaye, Tammy Terrell song over you, all that I need, it turned into a crossover super classic. That shit was... It was such a classic. It was such a classic that white people had to acknowledge it. And the white racist... Grammys, the extremely white racist Grammys that did everything in their power to never acknowledge hip hop, had to acknowledge it. And Mammy and Method Man got a Grammy for that song. That's how big that song was. So we didn't miss it, three, because we're talking about it now as we give Mary her flowers on the Mary Appreciation. So we're not, so we're not, we're not your seven, but. So, so while that song was a big song and people liked it, I'm just highlighting the fact that here she got her song. So here's another thing. On the One More Chance remix, you see all these sisters in the background singing. Mary's in the video singing. Mary's in the background singing. Mary was in mad Biggie videos. Like, every Biggie video in the early, Mary was in the video. She was in them shits. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Mary J. And the damn thing. That's Biggie. That's Biggie. So she got songs with Biggie, like you said. She got songs with Nas. She got songs with Hove. But before then, like I said, she got songs with Grand Pooba, who was on top, CL Smooth, Buster Rhymes. That's that. Then she goes with Ghost Deanie. She got songs with Ghost Deanie, and she got songs with Iron Lung. Johnny Blaze, the ghost writer, a.k.a. Method Man. So you can't talk. I'll take it a step further. You cannot talk 90s hip-hop without talking about Mary J. Blige. You cannot talk 90s R&B without talking Mary J. Blige. So think about that. There are two genres in the decade of the 90s that you can't talk about without talking about Mary J. Blige. That is how dominant she was in the decade of the 90s. Getting Mary featured was damn near like having a, you had to have a primo beat in the 90s. Like that was a must. That was damn near like Mary. Like you had to get a Mary featured. Let me tell you something. It's, the way it is to get a primo beat back then and even now is how it is to get a Mary J. Blige feature. Remember, Dave East, recently, Dave, East, Dave East recently got a Mary J. Blige feature. Facts. His biggest flex was when he was on Drink Champs, he called Mary J. You know how big a flex that is? <laughs> you have Mary J. in your cell phone. You can call her up on Nori's show and she answers the phone. That was that was shocking to me that's because true, she's an iconic true. figure. She's that's such true. an iconic figure. So, so, like, so, so you can't talk about the 90s without talking about a legendary classic music of Mary J. Blige. Let me show you, man. And then you go into What's the 411, my nigga. I loved What's the 411. I know some girls that actually like um, What's the 411 more than, um, I mean, they like uh, My Life more than What's the 411, but I actually love What's the four one man? I mean, you saying that my life part of me. I thought my life was a fucking dope ass album. I actually like the song My Life Itself. You bring me joy, my life. It had a Keith Murray interlude on there. That was just the interlude was dope. You know what I mean? Murray rapped for like twenty seconds. That was everything to me. You know what I'm saying? So man, Mary, man, 
Ah. Who did she work with, son? It's just crazy. You look at her catalog, man. Smithsonian Hall of Fame songs, records. I don't think the only thing Mary didn't do was acting, but she did, she did acting now. Wasn't she on power? We said, well, dude, dude, Mary J. Blige acted, man. She acted. She did movies. She's on the... Well, I'm, 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 I don't think it was clearly get crazy. I don't think she gets props. When we, when we talk about Mary, does she get props? For movies, the way a pop would, the way a DMX would, you get what I'm saying? I, I absolutely, I absolutely get what you're saying. So one of the things is, Mary, those first three albums, me and you talked about, they had such an impact that by the time she did her uh, fourth album, which was Mary, she could get anybody she wanted. You know what I'm saying? She could basically get anybody she wanted. And if you look at the people she worked with, she worked with. She worked, with, she worked with Lauren Hill, worked with Elton John. She has a duet with Aretha Franklin. This is by her uh, her fourth album. So this is when the Oprahs of the world had to start paying attention and acknowledge. And literally, she was in a game for a decade. She's in a game for a decade, and then Oprah's like, wait a minute. This woman has songs with Elton John, Aretha Franklin, Eric Clapton, you know, people that Oprah will put on her show, but she'll never put nobody right. like Mary or hip-hop. So by this time now, yeah, this is when now Mary's officially here and accepted as a superstar diva by the white mainstream world, where they understood she's different, and now she's n- going to get nothing but flowers. So, <laughs> so when you jump to um, – so when you jump – to the 2000s, that's when she started doing the Fab J collaborations. Still relevant. Still making dope music. Still relevant. You know what I mean? Uh, still making was, dope music. Yes. You know what I so mean? Go up to the top floor. Yeah, yeah, go up there. Uh, right up, 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 up. You can't even follow me. I just know. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. I don't think there's ever been a time when Mary fell off, though. Like, when she, like, really fell off. I mean, she's not dominant in the music scene like she was once, you know? Like, you got her and all these other girls, Mary, and all these other girls repping right now. But I, I wonder what Rihanna and Mary, Rihanna and Beyonce think about Mary J. Blige. I would love to know. Like, what do they think of her? I've never heard Beyonce say anything about Mary J. Blige. I would love to know what she thinks about Mary. As big as I, 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 I think, is. I think. I think that um, Beyonce has nothing but reverence for Mary J. Blige. Reverence. We just broke down what Mary meant to 90s R&B. Oh, so, hold on. Do you think she gets DMX love from other women? Oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. Keisha Cole. Listen to this. Keisha Cole. Hey, Keisha Cole, keep it 100, sister. You and Mary J. Blige knock off. But it's okay, Keisha Cole. I'm not mad at you. You are definitely, when you first came out, Keisha Cole, I was like, yo, Keisha is a Mary J. Blige knockoff. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful manner at all. That's what she looked up to, you can just tell. Like Tony Braxton, you can tell she listened to Anita Baker. It is what it is, you know what I'm saying? Me and you talk about this all the time. How many times we said on the show that R. Kelly swagger jacked Aaron Hall and took Aaron Hall's whole fees and finessed it? We say that all the time. You know what I mean? So, um, so, so you said, so wait a minute, so wait a minute, you said something. Um, you said you felt there was never a period where she had a a low point. Not really, though. Or music-wise, 
personal personal reasons why probably because I still feel I wish her and KC from Jodeci would have done an album together. I still love that song they had on Once the Phone One. I'm sorry, Avant, you my guy, but you and Kiki Wyatt, y'all was y'all was y'all was in y'all Mary J. Blige, um, KC bag. I know what y'all was trying to do with those two songs I had separated in my first love, but whatever. When Mary and came out with her album. Mm-hmm. When Mary came out in the album in 2003, this was the one after the No More Drama album, when mm-hmm. 50 Cent was on top. On that album, she has songs with 50. She mm-hmm. has songs with Method Man. On the Love and Life intro, it's P. Diddy and Jay-Z. So the point is, Mary J. Blige was at the point in her career now where any time she comes out, she could get any artist, anybody, any producer who enthusiastically wanted to work with her and do stuff with her. Now, here's what I think that after this album, so in 2005, she came out with The Breakthrough. Um, I felt this is when different artists were coming up in the game mm-hmm. and Mary had to compete with them. And um, I think it was just, I think it was different. For example, this was funny. Mary had a song called uh, MJB, the MVP, and 50 was on that. She had another song with Jay-Z. Like, like the thing, you know, it's, it's hard to put in words that Mary basically, is, is she, Mary can work with any artist she wants at any time. Nobody's going to say no to Mary. They're not going to say she, no. They're not going to come right. to the studio late and all that shit. You know, they're probably going to come right. on time for the studio and everything. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and her iconic stature is so big, right? We already talked about the song, she, the collaboration she had with, uh, with Messam and how important that was. Just think about this. Mm-hmm. So 50 has a very successful show called Power. And he goes to the people who run the show and is like, look, I need Method Man and Mary J. Blige on this show. And the reason why that worked instantly is because of who Mary is. Like mm-hmm. that's was the, the to get Mary was the big deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how she's looked at. She's looked at as a walking iconic queen of hip hop soul, and and nothing is ever going to take that away from her. Nothing. Mm-hmm. All facts, my nigga. Um, are you shocked? I, I don't know about you, but I thought a Mary and Little Kim album would have been dope to hear. You know what I'm saying? They collab just to hear those two would have been dope to hear at one particular time. Um, Mary and the Versus, Watts, you say what? Would you like to see that? Mary and the Versus? It would be dope, but I don't know who she could battle because she'd have to get a 90s R&B star Mariah. who was relevant Who was relevant in the 90s and the 2000s. Mariah. Well, yeah, that would, be, that would be somebody she could she could battle if they were going to do it. But remember, these are celebrations now, so there's no more battling. So we have to, we have to take that. It's going to be a battle out of our head because that's not what's going to happen. Celebration. Let me tell you what I Mary never gave us, and and I'm gonna say this was record label and this was her. Mary never gave us enough rapping because you know she can rap. We yes. know she can rap. Yes. Like we know Mary. And this is how you know Mary can rap. This is how you know Mary can rap. If you just put on YouTube Mary rapping other people's songs. There's just millions of them. Mary can rap. She's a fan of hip-hop. She actually raps. And I yep. feel that her songwriters and people who worked with her did her a disservice not putting her on more songs where she raps. Because she's a disservice, though. It is. It is. 
His wife's a disservice. That's not Helene, though. Because his, his wife's a disservice. But see, you keep saying it's not Helene. Why is it not Helene? Because you know why? You got females like Lauren Hill who sang and rap. Mary, Mary didn't come into the game doing that. Lauren came into the game showing us both with attributes. I agree, not, but that was that, that was that was. Well, watch. I'm not disputing you that Mary can't rap now, brother. I'm not disputing that. You're saying it's a disservice. I don't really know if I can use the word. His wife's a disservice. Brother. His wife's a disservice. Did he? I mean, uh, Buster Rhymes. He did the touch it, leave it. He said, "Yo, Mary, I want you on the song." But he said, "Mary, you gonna rap." He said, "Mary, you gonna stop playing with me, man?" Because of the joke in the industry, everybody knows Mary raps. That's the joke. Mary loves hip-hop. She's a hip-hop head. Why do you think she's on every hip-hop video? She got every rapper to rap on her song. Why do you think she loves Lil' Kim so much? Because yeah, Mary is him. a hip-hop head. So, you know, she could give us a 16 on one song per album. It wouldn't be a big deal. No one's going to think, this sound weird. Mary ain't right with hip-hop. She's the queen of hip-hop soul. So that's all I'm saying. I'm just speaking from a personal perspective that this is a woman who I know can rap. That's all. Word. Word. Legend, icon, we love you, Mary. I mean, we've been listening to you since the early 90s. We've seen your growth, transition, Mary, the whole, we've seen everything about you, Mary. You know what I'm saying? You blessed us with so many dope albums. Um, Mary, Jesus Christ, man. The list goes on and on, man. So that's what it is, man. Mary J. Blige, appreciation. Love you, Mary. Queen Mary. You hear it? Watch, take us home, my G. PSA Hip Hop, the home of Harlem MC legend, Black Rob. Word, word, be Rob, yo, be Rob, man. Very sad, man, that you just said, you know, GMX passed away, and now we got seeing those photos of B Rob and everything. I know that would be hard for him to put that on there for everyone to see because as a man, we all have pride at the end of the day, you know what I mean? So it's like, is it, is it a cry for help? Yeah, it's a cry for help. And I don't say that in a negative way at all. Why? It is a cry for help. You know, what do we do that, my nigga, you and I have watched Black Rob for how many years, and to see that brother lean there, that just really bothered me. Like, damn, Rob, listening to your music for years, my nigga, like, you know what I'm saying? When, you, know? hear Biggie, when you hear Biggie Smalls say, Black Rob joined the mob, there uh, ain't no replacing him. That's the Black Rob we're talking about from 1997. That's how long I've been listening to Black Rob. That's the Black Rob who knew Biggie. You know, not, not making the, Biggie's rapping about him. So we clearly know he knows he comes from that era of hip-hop. So just seeing the situation he's in right now is bothering me. You know what I'm saying? It's really bothering me. Yeah, man. For real, for real, man. Uh, oh, that brother. I mean, I know he has four strokes, you know, I know people point a finger at Diddy with Diddy. Yeah, Diddy, we're, we're going to see. We're going to see. I'm, going to leave I'm not going to kill Diddy like everyone I see that's doing that right now. So I want to see moving forward what are they going to do. I know Styles P was on Instagram talking about a union and everything, that hip-hop needs a union. And that the that's going to happen. That's, that, that's not going to happen, Three. It sounds good to I say it, but it sounds good. It, but no, no, I'm that's just saying, I'm thinking why. realistically. I'm saying realistically. You say that it's not realistic. It's not. It's just not. No, they're, they're saying they have, to, they have to find a way for record labels and healthcare to coincide. I agree with that. I agree, I agree with that. I agree with that. 
But once you start getting to that kind of talk, it takes on it. It becomes a whole nother uh, subject. For example, Amazon right now is having this big battle with unions in Alabama. Like the employees there want to be unionized because Amazon's not a union place. So it's I, it sounds good when you hear that, but it's just, it's just that's that's a whole nother different story. My issue is, I believe Black Rob is on the No Way Out album. Black Rob is on Mesa's album. Black Rob has his own albums. It is I don't know about the music industry, but the man is a writer. He has writing credits. I don't understand is is the money I just don't get it, man. That's all I'll say. I just I just don't understand the music industry that B Rob could basically be homeless like he said. Crazy, man. Crazy, man. Uh that's what it is, man. Kids say hip hop, man. It's your boy Ken Watts. Y'all know the vibes already, man. What?